Welcome to the Raising Smart Kids podcast. I'm your host, Yang Pratt, and each week we'll explore ways in which the arts can help you raise a smarter kid. I'll be sharing ways the arts can propel your child's learning and interviewing top artists, educators, and entrepreneurs. These guests will share why the arts are so very important to your child, along with actionable ideas you can easily implement into your already busy schedule. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast here on iTunes and share us with a friend. For extra tips on raising smart kids, head on over to artsmartparenting.com and click on the live tab. Welcome back to the Raising Smart Kids podcast. This is Young Pratt, your partner in raising smarter kids through the arts. As the summer comes to an end, now is the perfect time to seek out arts opportunities for your kids. Our guest today is Angela Webb Bauer. For the past 16 years, Angela has run Bauer Fine Arts Academy in Jordan, Minnesota. I first met Angela years ago when she entered into a contest for the most improved studio owner of the year. Since winning the contest, she's gone on to make a bigger impact in her community, and we found one another again through our More Than Just Great Dancing affiliation. I'm thrilled to have you on the podcast today, Angela. Thanks, Young. I'm really excited to be here. So I've given my listeners the, the Reader's Digest version of who you are. Can you fill in some of the gaps and let us know all the great things you're doing? Absolutely. I'm a former elementary school teacher, and my favorite teaching assignment was in a school that in today's world would have been called a magnet school for fine art. And all the teachers collaborated and focused on nine different fine art forms throughout the school year and brought in lots of artists and residents, and it was a lot of fun. I since have moved on from my elementary school teaching days and am now the owner and director at Bauer Fine Arts Academy in Jordan, Minnesota. Along with running the business, I teach 10 to 15 dance classes on a weekly basis. I teach art appreciation for Minneapolis Institute of Arts. I'm also a third degree black belt national certified instructor and four time world champion in Songham Taekwondo. So I live and breathe the arts on a daily basis. It's a very important part of my life. That's amazing. And one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on is to sort of bridge the gap between what people perceive to be karate and what dance is and how there are so many great overlaps and the lessons that are learned in those classes, you know, really go across the board. Absolutely. A lot of the principles are universal, and I find myself using similar correcting techniques in both and using similar life skills in both as well. So let's talk about life skills, because I know this is sort of a hot button word in the world today about, you know, what are life skills? How do kids learn these life skills? And when they come to a place like your facility, um, what are some of those skills that you're really wanting them to walk away at the end, end of the day with? Schools are reducing the amount of art and music in today's world. And I believe arts education is so important. It reaches the soul in ways that conventional education techniques cannot. And through studying the arts, kids learn discipline, self-control, perseverance, gratitude, goal setting, humility, and self-confidence. And these traits are so important to develop in young people today. 
I absolutely agree. I apologize, my phone is ringing in the background. I thought I turned it off. Right, I agree that um, schools definitely, there's a void or a big gap that I see happening with my own kids and about the time of the day that they get to actually use really? critical thinking skills and their problem solving skills. It seems that we're just trying to sort of herd them through the day and put them into these little segments and uh, really distill their life down into subjects, which I think is, is doing them a great disservice because there's so many similarities, like you said, between dance and karate. There are also similarities between subjects like math and science or English and social studies that if they were not boxed out by themselves, I think the kids would have an easier time understanding and grasping what it is they're supposed to be learning. Absolutely. If they compartmentalize their knowledge, they can't bridge gaps and build schema and build stronger foundations for higher order thinking skills. That word compartmentalize is, is the perfect word because, yeah, there's just these little compartments in the day and it's so regimented anymore where between 9 and 9.55 you're learning this and then you move to your next class and then it's just really unfortunate that the kids who are enjoying a particular subject, that gets cut short or the kids who really could use some more assistance aren't getting that. But I think that what you're providing in your Fine Arts Academy really fills those gaps quite nicely. Thank you. So let's talk about the very beginning. So you said you were an elementary school teacher that came to the arts through that door. What was it that got you into the arts to begin with? I started with uh, dance lessons when I was a young child and continued them on as long as I could. Um, it got to a point where my family was unable to continue doing that for me. And so when I got uh, into college, I went back on my own to continue my dance education. And that's where my passion for teaching really took off. I was going to college and taking 18 credits a, a semester and teaching dance to pay for my college on the side. And it really, it really made a difference in my life. And it was exciting to see how that impacted my students and how it was changing their lives. Absolutely. And I think what you said there, that what you're doing, the arts is changing lives. I think that's so true. And I think sometimes when people look at what an arts class is, there's this notion of, Arts is just fun and games. There's not something tangible to be learned. But as you said before, the life lessons they're learning when they come to you go beyond, you know, a simple turn or a leap or a punch or a kick in karate. Absolutely. We're taking kids who have low self-esteem and showing them how to become confident in their daily activities and even turning them into strong leaders. And it's really exciting to see that kind of transformation. Or in my own children, my son has a very strong ADHD. And watching him go through music and dance and karate, uh, gaining a lot of discipline and self-control, um, it, it's been exciting to watch. He's actually no longer on an IEP, which is kind of unheard of for kids to grow out of a level three EBD setting and go towards the mainstream classroom. And I believe that is directly to due to his arts education. 
that's an, an incredible story. And I, I'm hoping lots of parents hear that message and say, gosh, you know, if Angela can make this happen through the arts, you know, what about my child? How can I make that happen for them? So mm -hmm. what a great story that is. <laughs> Thank you. And it's not just a unique story. I believe the arts education is for everybody. Every single person is an artist. It's not limited to the supremely gifted. Everyone has a story to share and can express it artistically. Yes, and everyone has a story to share is such a great maxim for what it is that you're providing to your community and to the, the, the world in general. That, again, I think arts, like anything else in the school day, is divided into 55 minutes or an hour and a half, and that's, the, that's art. In that time, mm -hmm. that's what you create. But like you said, it goes beyond that. And I'm a big believer in that, you know, creativity has many ways in which it surfaces. I talk to a lot of adults, as I'm sure you do, who when I talk, when I talks about creativity, they say, well, I'm not creative. But when I look at the things they're able to accomplish in their day, whether it's putting together a team of people who really are on are accomplishing great things or they're able to organize things in a way that just makes the most sense. I'm just in awe to think that they don't think they're creative, but somewhere along the way that's getting lost and that's very unfortunate. Right. Absolutely. I remember reading something where you ask preschoolers who's an artist, who's a great artist in here, and every one of them will raise their hand. And by first grade, maybe only two or three will. And so something is is killing that flame in these young children. Um, everybody's an artist and everybody has the potential to do great things. And you hit the nail right on the head when people say, I'm not creative. Creativity is not creating a work of art that's widely appreciated. Creativity is finding a new way to do something. It's being innovative. It's finding creative ways to problem solve. And it's using higher order, higher order thinking skills to create these innovations and then evaluate them to make improvement. And I think the innovation bit is so important because as we move into a, a future that's very tech heavy and there's lots of technology emerging to do just about everything these days, being able to be innovative is going to be key for these kids. But if they're not learning those skills and understanding that their creativity and what they imagine is important, we're really in for a world of, of some trouble, I guess would be a good word, that the future may not be what it could be if we're not inspiring these kids to be the great individuals and, and thinkers that they truly are. Absolutely. They need to be able to think creatively and quickly. Um, and to be good citizens and employable people, they need strong problem-solving skills and be able to create uh, creative resolutions quickly. Yes, absolutely. And problem solving skills and critical thinking skills are something that I really strongly believe in, that we need to instill those ideals into our kids for them to go on and be the innovators, for them to go on to be these great leaders of the world. Absolutely. So earlier you, you mentioned a couple of things that I really resonated with. And you talked about how arts, for number one, builds self-confidence. How do you, as a yeah. mom and a teacher, see the arts being able to help kids boost their confidence? We can develop self-confidence through setting SMART goals. Uh, and I teach those to my students. A SMART goal is something specific, motivating, achievable, relevant, and trackable. 
And in creating our SMART goals, one of after we've identified all those specific, motivating, achievable, relevant, trackable goals, we create mini goals or benchmarks for them. These mini success points are crucial to the yes I can attitude that builds self-confidence. We also team them up with a, an accountability partner so that if they are having a moment that's not quite so yes I can, their accountability partner can back them up and help work them through it so that they can achieve their goals and create a lot of self-confidence along the way. And I love your acronym for SMART because I've heard this, the word SMART goals before, but they have different words. Can you go through them mm -hmm. again, please? Yes, I can. I can. <laughs> uh, the SMART goals that we define are specific, meaning it's got to be very pinpointed. You can't say, I'm going to improve my flexibility. You're going to say, I'm going to have my left split down flat by Thursday, October, whatever, at this time. Uh, it has to be motivating. They have to really want uh, to do it. There has to be a reason that's pushing them that they are really wanting to do it. Uh, for me, it might not be motivating for you to be able to do 30 push-ups from your toes and 50 sit-ups in a butterfly position. That might not be motivating to you. You might think, okay, there, why would anybody want to do that? Mm -hmm. I'm testing for my fourth degree black belt in October, and I have to be able to execute that in order to pass. So I am, that's what's motivating me is I've got this goal of attaining my fourth degree black belt. It's got to be achievable. If I say I need to do 1,000 push-ups, that's not really achievable for me. Um, it's got to be something that I know with my training, I can actually make it happen. Uh, it's got to be relevant. That ties into what's motivating me. And for me, being able to do 30 push-ups from my toes is, is relevant. It's important to me. If it's not important to you, then it's not a smart goal for you. And it's got to be trackable. If somebody's working on their splits, they can use different ways to measure it. They can visually take a picture every time that they're practicing and see the progress visually. They can measure it by putting their foot against a wall, their back foot, and seeing how far away from the wall their front foot hits. And that's something that they can measure with a tape measure and actually see their progress. Uh, I think that's, that's great, and I, I love the acronym, and I love that you've made it really relevant, like you said, for these kids, because they understand what it means to set these goals that they can achieve. Absolutely. And how do you, in your school, go about getting your kids to set these and accomplish these goals? We have a specific program for our assistant teachers. We call it the elite training class, and September is a goal-setting month. So we actually go through the process of creating SMART goals for, um, for these assistant teachers. We also talk to them about how to work that into the classes they assist for, because not just our uh, 12 and up assistant teachers can work on goals. They can work on it through their, I mean, any level. Even the babies can have a goal. Um, we just have to be able to describe it. Um, so 
that's that's where I start with them is I start with the assistant teachers and we trickle down through their levels. For example, um, if we're talking about goals in dance, uh, three to six year olds, their goal might be something more general, something that they can understand, like I want to be a ballerina. And so we're doing things in class to help them look like a ballerina. And seven to 13 year olds will look at something like uh, having a goal is what you want something, or I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. Having a goal is to want something and be willing to work hard for it. Like I want to get my splits flat. It's how you want to improve yourself or your life. And then again, those older kids, it's a specific change in yourself or your life that you're willing to work to achieve. Like I want to execute a triple pirouette cleanly. Um, we teach that it's with, um, without a goal or a target, you have nothing to shoot for. For example, imagine going on a car trip and you don't have a map. You don't know where you're going. So when they set big goals, they understand that they're going somewhere and it's giving them direction. And direction, I think, is key for sure. Because, again, I think that in school they're required to do certain things, but they aren't necessarily setting them setting objectives or milestones to accomplish bigger goals. They're just asked to create a project in X number of weeks, but there's not really a lot of discussion on how to make that manageable and how to use their time most efficiently. Absolutely. And when you talk about your assistant teaching program, that really brings up the other point I wanted to address with you, and that's about building leadership. How can the arts yeah. help to develop stronger, more efficient leaders? Leadership requires creativity, risk-taking, being genuine, the ability to monitor and adjust, planning and goal-setting and collaboration. And artists use these skills constantly to create their work. So I believe that arts and leadership definitely go hand in hand. The skills required to do them are identical. It is interesting too because leadership is one of those words that when I speak to parents they sometimes don't they aren't able to understand the direct correlation between what we're doing and how we're creating leaders and how we're instilling those skills in these children beginning at a very young age and I think you put it very beautifully there that you know there's a lot of skills that we're teaching them that translate directly into their lives in, in the bigger world. Absolutely. So Angela, I want to know also how you, you came into doing karate. We know your story now about becoming a dancer. How did the karate part come about in your life? <laughs> um, it, was, um, it was actually a surprise to me. My son uh, saw a karate instructor who was renting space out of my school, holding class, and he was very excited about it. So I signed him up and had him doing both dance and karate. And being ADHD, and he, he had trouble remembering some of the forms that they were learning. And I asked the instructor's permission if I could observe the class closely and take it home and work with my son at home on the move. I explained to him that as a dancer, I was able to pick things up rather quickly as far as choreography, 
and that I could help him with the forms at home. And he said, absolutely, you're welcome to come out on the mat and uh, learn the form and get to know it so that you can help him at home. And I said, great. And as I stepped foot on the mat, he handed me a uniform. And I kind of <laughs> was taken aback, like, what? You, you want me to do it? <laughs> yep, absolutely. And I learned really quick how I dance is my passion, but I also love the martial arts. There's so many connections, and it's just, it feels like a different form of dance for me. Plus, you get to punch and kick people, which is kind of a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And I, for all the listeners out there, this is a great motivator for you to really get involved in your kids' activities, and you never really know where that's going to take you. You could be like Angela and end up, you know, getting ready to test out for her fourth degree black belt. So that's my challenge for you this week, parents. Really go out, get involved in what your kids are doing, and, and take that journey with them. Absolutely. That's imperative to keeping arts alive is just do something. Just do create activities with your children. Don't worry about being perfect or technically correct. Take them to an art show or a performance and talk to them about it. Ask them questions like, who do you think created this? Why did they create this? Who's the audience for it? Um, what, did, what did the artist want the audience to feel? How do you feel about it? What would you have done differently? Um, take time, just a few minutes a day even. Draw silly pictures together. Paint. Make messes have impromptu dance sessions. Your participation makes art important and relevant. It also builds connections with your child and you'll get to know your child and see who they are as an artist. And you've given parents so many great tips and the one thing that I really want to revisit is the fact that you said it takes a few minutes. Spend a few minutes every day engaging with their ki your kid, asking them questions. And really, as they get older, if you're asking questions as they're growing up, it'll be easier to talk about perhaps some of the more difficult conversations that need to happen as they hit their teen and tween years and onwards. Absolutely. My daughter uh, will talk to me more while we are doing something together. If we are cooking and trying to create a new recipe and exploring something with culinary art, she's more apt to talk about non-art things while we're doing it rather than if we sat down just the two of us one-on-one -on -one and I said okay well can you tell me about how this is going for you she's a little intimidated by that she's more apt to do it if we're busy and engaged in something else and I couldn't agree more my oldest just turned 13 this year so certainly you know it's not so cool to talk to mom anymore but if we are doing an activity she also loves to cook if we're doing something measured ingredients I can sort of slip in some questions. I know that she would not answer if we were just driving in the car together or sitting on the couch together. So certainly, again, becoming an active participant and, and engaging in activities that your kids love, especially the arts, will help break down some mm -hmm. walls and barriers that may exist. Absolutely. Plus, it just is a way to connect with your child and create a bonding experience, and you'll discover more about them and who they are as a person and is helping enhance the future through the art. 
And it makes the journey much more enjoyable when you're doing things and engaging with your kids and seeing them have success and enjoying the things they're learning and doing and the people they're becoming. Absolutely. So before we say our goodbye today, Angela, can you let us know um, the best way for listeners to get in touch with you? Uh, the two primary ways to get a hold of me would be via email. And that's my email address is bowerdance, B as in boy, A-U-E-R, dance, at hotmail.com. I'm also on Facebook. You can look me up. Angela Webb is the name on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, but I'm not very proficient with it yet. <laughs> but my name, <laughs> I will work on that. <laughs> I hear you. I have the same relationship with Instagram. I think it's a great tool and it's where kids are really spending a lot of time and we can make some impact there. But there's definitely a learning curve on our end. Yes, exactly. And I just haven't found the extra M space in my brain to, to wrap my head around <laughs> it all yet. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, Angela, I want to thank you so much for sharing your knowledge, your wisdom, and your viewpoint on the arts and how parents can easily create those teachable moments in the day to help them grow into wonderful leaders for tomorrow. Absolutely. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, thank you again, and I will be talking to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you, Young. Excellent. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to the Raising Smart Kids podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, please share us with a friend and head on over to iTunes and leave us a review there and let us know you're enjoying the show. If you're looking for more tips on raising smart kids, head to Amazon.com and pick up a copy of my first book, Raising a Superhero, How to Unleash Your Child's Eight Superpowers and Propel Learning Through the Arts. Thanks for allowing me to be your guide on this parenting adventure, and I look forward to catching you next time.